Welcome to Seeking Scripture Deep Diving Bible Study. I'm Christy Jordan, and I want to help you develop a firsthand relationship with the whole Word of God. For links and graphics mentioned in my podcast, please visit the corresponding post on SeekingScripture.com. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. Good morning, siblings. Today's reading is Judges 6 through 7. Rabbit Trails This is one of those days where I feel like we need to do some brain exercises to get our cells stretched out a bit so that they can more easily go beyond what we've been taught to think and really begin to see that our God is a father of limitless bounds who cannot be put into a box. Having said that, I'm going to focus my notes on Gideon's interaction in our reading because there is a lot to unpack. We begin with Israel doing evil in the eyes of Yahweh yet again. Yahweh responds in mercy yet again by sending a prophet. However, he also gives them a history lesson. Judges 6 verses 8 through 10 reads, Yahweh sent a prophet to the people of Israel. And he said to them, Thus says Yahweh, the God of Israel, I led you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of slavery, and I delivered you from the hand of the Egyptians and from the hand of all who oppressed you, and drove them out before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am Yahweh your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice a clear and pointed reminder of why they were in the predicament they were currently in. Judges 6, 11-24, an angel of Yahweh appears to Gideon. However, the text, upon closer inspection, reveals much more. We'll get to that. Judges six twelve, the being refers to Gideon as a mighty man of valor. At this point, what has Gideon done to warrant such a description? Nothing that we see. Here, he is beating out wheat in secret, using a wine press, which is not made for such a thing, but can be used for small quantities in a pinch, to glean a little wheat without his enemies being able to take it. He even describes himself as the least in his father's house and his clan as the weakest in Manasseh. See Judges 6.15. Side note, that reminds me of what Messiah said in reference to the commandments of Yahweh. It's not related, really, but the term least of these always brings to mind this very important truth that Messiah shared with us in Matthew 5, 19. Whoever, therefore, shall break one of the least commandments, one of these least commandments, and teach others to do so, shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever shall do them and teach them, and that verse goes on. Um, (laughs) It's just one of my favorites. So why is Gideon referred to here as a man of valor? It is how Yahweh is about to use him that causes him to already be a man of valor in Yahweh's eyes. Think about how that can apply to you for a moment. Yahweh sees us how he intends us to be. We need only direct our minds, hearts, and souls to follow him in order to accomplish this. What makes the difference in Gideon being who he was at the time and becoming who he is meant to be? Judges 6.16 says, But I will be with you. Yahweh is going with him. That makes the difference. 
So who was really talking to Gideon here? We're going to circle back to that. We begin with the being referring to themselves as an angel of Yahweh, and then going on to be referred to multiple times as Yahweh. Check this out in the, in the interlinear form on Bible Hub, and I have a link here to a post for a refresher on how to do that. Now, we're often taught that the Father can only take three forms, and yet he was a burning bush, a cloud by day, a fire by night. He appeared as a man to Abraham, and here we see him as another version of himself. Note that in the in Genesis 18.1 and in this passage, the name Yahweh is used in the original text. So what am I saying here? I'm saying that when you serve the creator of the universe, it is a lot to wrap our minds around. And sometimes we need to condense it into bite-sized pieces in order to better grasp the majesty of it all. In doing so, we find that our minds have set limits that require us to organize things in boxes, and inevitably, we will attempt to put Yahweh in one of those boxes as well. Yahweh will always burst the seams of any box you put him in. It's okay to define and explain aspects of him in order to better understand, but anytime we try to put limits on him, we will find him effortlessly surpassing those limits. Don't be surprised when the Father does what we think He cannot do, when He goes beyond what we think He is capable of, and when He alone proves true in all things. Judges 6 verses 25 through 27. I feel the Father could be directly addressing us just as easily as He is Gideon in this passage. Note that before Yahweh moves in their lives, they are required to tear down the altars to other gods. Not just dismantle, not cover up, not rearrange or put a cross on top of it to Christianize it, which is syncretism, but tear it down, rip apart, destroy, remove completely these altars to other gods. I have to admit that I do identify with Gideon doing this at night to avoid further outrage. Y'all, the following the Father is often not going to be comfortable, and oftentimes it will rock the boat. If you think otherwise, you're not reading the Bible. Sometimes we need to give ourselves time to tear down those altars in private with only the help of our Father and maybe our closest friends. Sometimes we need to spend more time away building an altar that Yahweh sanctions before we let anyone else in on what's going on in our lives. Because if those people see us tearing down the altars they worship at, even though it is a direct order from Yahweh for us to do so, they will do everything within their power to protect that altar and keep it standing in their lives. And so sometimes we do it quietly. The Father calls us to Him and directs our tools as we tear down the idols in our lives, and then He directs us in building a foundation that He will reside on. And in that quiet time, set apart just for the Father and ourselves together, holiness takes root. Judges 6.31 I love this statement. If Baal is offended, let him fight for himself. Bam! The uselessness of their God on full display with one sentence. Judges 7 verses 2 through 8, unless the people think they were able by their own right, we see the Father reducing their forces from 32,000 to 300. All glory to the King. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 
1 Thessalonians 5.21 We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. May Yahweh bless the reading of His Word. I love y'all. Bye-bye.